1: Welcome to another weekend bonus episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home. I'm Brian McCullough. So last week, the great Ed Zitron, head of the media relations firm EZPR, put out a post that got a lot of chatter where he laid out a bear case for Clubhouse. I tweeted out, did anyone want to do a bull case? for Clubhouse, so we could do a bull-bear debate episode, and the great Joseph Flaherty of Founders Collective raised his hand and said he'd be game to do that, so this is what we have today, an episode of two halves, two parts. First, Joe makes the bull case for Clubhouse, and then after the break, Ed gives the bear take, and that's it. Great conversation, great points made by both. Please enjoy. Joseph, as I was saying... (laughs) Uh, off mic, if you will. Um, there doesn't really need to be anything to, to tee this up other than you're, you've agreed to be the bull case for Clubhouse. So let her rip. Tell me why you believe, and this is not to say that you believe, oh, it's the next Facebook or something, but this is going to be a successful company still around 10 years from now.
0: <laughs> yeah, and just full disclosure, we're not investors uh, the firm I work for, Founder Collective is not an investor in Clubhouse. We are just active and enthusiastic users of the product. And as you say, I have no idea if this is going to be you know, the next trillion dollar company, but I do have every confidence that it, it will be around in five years, 10 years, and certainly the change that it's brought to the world of social media is here to say. I think the, the reason I'm most confident in, in making that assertion is, this is arguably the oldest form of social networking. Before we had written words, before we were even really putting images up in the caves in Lascaux, we were sitting around fires as human beings, discussing what was going to happen the next day, Stay sharing our histories, histories, sharing strategies about how to handle the, the world that was all around us. And the idea, I think it's you know, the, the more important case to be made, or the, the, the real onus is on the people who are bearish on this company, that this case that has persisted for hundreds of thousands of years will not persist 100,000 years hence. I think if anything, the reason it has fallen out of favor is because the lack of technology uh, to support it, not because of any sort of intrinsic um, limitations.
1: I was gonna say, I think other people have made this point before, but isn't it odd that um, it's taken this long for uh, audio social networking? Like in theory, you know, the, you know with MP3s and stuff like that, audio was one of the first sort of disruptors in terms of media, um, but only now, you know, video has been around for a long, long time and only now are we getting around to to audio social media disruption.
0: Yeah, no, and I think it's a good point. I think this is where you, know, you, have a lot, like, you have to have a lot of compounding innovations to make something like this possible, right? I think part of what makes Clubhouse different and you know, interesting in ways that podcasts aren't is the real time and the interactivity. You know, I think Clubhouse is at its most interesting when the rooms are fairly open and you have the ability to actually exchange ideas. I think where it's weakest, and you know, where I think it's getting the most buzz at the moment, is when we have you know thousands of people in a room there to hear a celebrity or some tech bon vivant, you know, talking about their thoughts of the day. You know, those are wonderful, um, you know, experiences and they're great. But I think the real strength and where we've found it very exciting is the ability to get people to come on and just sort of chat casually, as you might if you're catching up at a tech event. You know the random, impromptu um, ability for people to join uh, a meeting. You know one of the the best experiences I've had on Clubhouse was a three person room. I saw a friend who was alone in a room. Um, you know I started uh, chatting with him, and then somebody who didn't know my friend joined the room because they knew me. And it Ended up being a connection between an entrepreneur and an exe- a senior executive at a very um, expensive or a very valuable public company, and they you know hit it off and they made some interesting um, progress in terms of their introduction. So you know, it had no ramification, there were no retweets, there were no shares that made it seem uh, special or important, but there was a really human connection that hopefully will, you know, work to their mutual benefit. So hopefully we'll see more of that and, you know, more things along those lines. You know, I think beyond these sort of soft benefits, a lot of the, the value here or the potential I see is the inevitability of certain sort of pre-internet forms moving online. So you think about Call in talk radio. It's not a sexy industry. It's not one that I think a lot of people would say is the future of media, but it's big. Like there, you know, there are hundred million dollar plus brands in sports talk, in personal finance, in advice, even have like psych readings, you know, getting some purchase in this area. And so, you know, all that stuff is reflective of a, a human desire. It's an expressed or revealed preference, right? And like it only seems natural that it's going to move online as fewer and fewer people rely on radio as their meeting of choice and things become digital first it only stands to reason that there'll be some platform that will enable this right like people love mike and mad Dog. they love you know susie orman and dave ramsey and like these people and sort of their descendants are going to find ways to do this kind of stuff digitally i've i've made that point a couple times on the show that what my wife uses
1: it for and at this point she's on clubhouse she's still on and i kind of have dropped off a bit but she's an architect and so she just goes to the architecture rooms and she just listens to people you know shoot the shit about masonry and things like that like it's it, it she's using it in the way that talk radio has always functioned where you know you leave it on in your office all day long there's a reason why howard stern and 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 like rush limbaugh have always been three and four hour shows so she uses it as that sort of in the background sort of
0: radio Absolutely. And I think, you know, just beyond the sort of you know technological inevitability or the, the persistence of these formats, I think a lot of the content is actually just really interesting. So I was in a room the other night and it was a group of plastic surgeons. I have no idea how this ended up in my hallway. It must be because I follow some folks in the medical industry. I don't think I would ever wade into plastic surgeon Twitter if thing if such a thing exists. You know, I wouldn't certainly wouldn't join any Facebook groups here. But because of the format, because it's it's sort of very human-centered, it's built around a topic you know the ideas in this area were presented in a way that were much more accessible than like trying to disentangle some different tweet threads people introduced themselves to the room they did you know brief explanations of their credentials and then they were having a discussion i think it was you know the the dangers or the rise in plastic surgery as related to you know trends on instagram and TikTok, right and it was interesting. I learned a lot about an industry that I had never, you know, previously considered very deeply. That I have no personal vested interest in, but the content was fascinating, right? And it was a great introduction. And it will arm me, you know, should I ever see a startup that's pursuing this, with some questions or at least some perspectives that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So I think it is like actually a really enriching way for sort of um, affinity communities to get together and talk. I think it's also really interesting in a lot of the um, political dimensions, right? Like. You know you mentioned rush limbaugh there are a bunch of people who are on the uh, sort of you know either in the political spectrum and they have shows and you know i think one of the, the challenges is those shows tend to get captured by people with very orthodox views right they end up mm. being either team right or team blue and a lot of these rooms on clubhouse you get people who are like really interestingly heterodox right like who i think you'd have a hard time categorizing as one camp or the other and so you have a better understanding, I think, of how people are actually thinking about elections, how people are actually thinking about governance that isn't mediated through the ideological filters of, of either camp, essentially, right? And so I think it does actually let you understand and perceive the, the sort of thought processes of your fellow citizens in a way that you don't necessarily get in more argumentative um, formats like Twitter or Facebook
1: you made the argument this is sort of along those lines that um we already have priors we know that affinity communities um be it you know reddit or or discord channels are, are huge traffic drivers and so obviously as far as we know there's no logical reason why that can't exist in the audio space as well
0: right i mean i think you know the the chat like there are a lot of challenges i think besetting, um, you know, Clubhouse, and I think Ed will do, you know, a masterful job with uh, his, his case here. But I think that's the truth of any kind of startup, right? Like, you know, the, each format is going to have certain kinds of content that are well-suited to it, right? And those things take a while to shake out. You know, oftentimes it takes years for the sort of, um, you know, prototypical uh, content formats to arise on platforms. I think the fact that you know Clubhouse has been able to serve so many different communities—from architecture, as you mentioned, to politics, to technology, to culture—all in a relatively short span. You know, they've only been open to the sort of wider public for six months or so, and the right. fact that they're able to sort of attract an ecosystem of clubs, of personalities, of room types. You know, I I have been listening to some of these uh, shoot your shot rooms, right? right basically like a reinvention of uh, you know, shows like Loveline, which were popular radio shows, or The Dating Game, which were popular like first wave TV shows in this new, um, you know, new generation. So I think with enough time, with enough investment of human capital, we're gonna see some really interesting and novel content types come out based on the interests of these people and the, the unique um, you know, aesthetic uh, capabilities that the, um, the platform provides
1: right because of the the nature of our jobs and the, the circles we run in we're we're more com- we're more familiar with the clubhouse model of you know people uh performatively uh trying to act smart to further their careers and build their brands and things like that but there's the possibility that actual new formats and new modes could be created in the space like the whale Cry rooms, or what is it, the whale song rooms, or things like that. But game shows would be another one. Like, you know, Shoot Your Shot is just a game show in a sense. Um, so there's all sorts of things that can happen.
0: Yeah. And I think the other part of it that really makes Clubhouse kind of an interesting thing and why I'm, I'm bullish about it is that these, you know, the, the format that it allows also allows a lot of interesting non advertising based financial models, right? So, you know, you mentioned game shows. Like, I don't think it's crazy to think that you could have, you know, um, pay poor, you know, the ability to pay to get up onto stages, right, to get into rooms, like those, just seem like very you know low-hanging fruits. The idea of game shows, right, that if you can you know stake a dollar or two to get into some kind of contest, you know that you can participate in some sort of Jeopardy-style game, right? Like it seems like the monetization potential of this platform is so incredibly vast. You know, there's all of the traditional audio channels that you can or audio monetization methods at, you know, live reads, um, interstitials and things like that that could certainly be pasted onto this. But unlike, you know, the um, the world of podcasting, there are a bunch of interactive and access-based models that you're able to tap into as well. So I think you know, Clubhouse's ability to make a product that has captured the attention of such a diverse group of people that has managed to sustain it to a pretty large degree and has not even yet given people a financial um you know uh case to, to be made you know it just speaks to the strength that this uh platform could have it's really in early days still i mean there's still not even an android app right? you i was about- just gonna well, say I, I talked about that
1: just today on today's show that yeah right um as as snapchat is proving that <laughs> when you actually get your android app right that can be very beneficial to your business scaling um two, two trends that you also tweeted about that this sort of falls into that again does fit into the narrative of of social in recent years is is number one it it provides that sort of impermanence that you know what happens in this room it doesn't necessarily have to leave the room i mean obviously there are incidents of of people reporting things and bad things happening in the room so there's the negatives to that as well but this does sort of to you know mention snapchat that that follows that trend of of impermanence that that doesn't necessarily require things like encryption and then also as snapchat is a, is an obvious sort of generational thing um, it it fits the idea that there's a generation of people that have been weaned in audio rooms like discord like you know telegram because of gaming because of this is how you get in a a room with a group of 30 people and and you commiserate for three hours and like there's a whole generation that that knows that intuitively
0: yeah no i think that's spot on i think in terms of the impermanence case you know there have been a whole host of startups that have tried to pioneer this model where you know how do we enable more erudite or more civil discussions about contentious issues online, right? Like the idea being that Twitter and other text-based platforms uh, too quickly devolve into flame wars. And it's been the case, you know, probably since the first, um, you know, MUDs came online, that things, you know, devolve into these these sort of um, uh, fights. And I think one of the really wonderful things about voice is that it does humanize people, right? Like it's harder to be a jerk to somebody if they're going to be you know, in, engaged in a conversation with you. So it creates a kind of civility that, that I think text is just sort of uh, formally uh, not predisposed to provide. So I think there's that. I think there's also the ability to sort of decipher um, goodwill, to perceive sarcasm, to understand if somebody is sort of floating an idea because they're trying to think through the idea, not because they're sort of making a bold declaration. There's also just this, you know, no ability to quote, tweet, to to play to your audience in a way uh, and really try to embarrass somebody for sport. So I think just conversation, it limits the, I think the scale, it make you know, audio just generally is a harder thing to go viral with. But I think that can be a pro and a con, right? I think that leads into the second point where, you know, Discord has shown that if you want to play Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto, there's a very good uh, model there where you can just sort of, you know, be talking about the game, but also then segue into talking about whatever else that you're interested in. I think similarly, you know, you mentioned your wife um, in these architecture rooms. There's no reason that that sort of idea that you want to um, commiserate around a specific topic can't extend into architecture or cooking or any number of other uh, topic areas, right? basically you want to be in a room with people or in a space with people who share some, you know, professional and sort of, um, you know, interest-based priors. But from there, you also have families and rich lives uh, that extend beyond your profession or your sort of topic area that are worth discussing as well. I think this is something that you used to see quite a bit in old forums, right? Where you'd have a forum about knitting or you'd have a forum about building model ships, and there would be an off topic channel, right? Where you could post about these kinds of things. Twitter has sort and and related social media platforms, I think, have gotten away uh, away from that, where you really want to be presenting whatever the, the sort of case that you're trying to make, is, right? You know, we're both in sort of the world of tech writing. so. You know, our random thoughts about our hobbies or our families probably just don't matter as much to the people who follow us for you know our insights on tech. But in these kinds of rooms, like you do get to know people on a more human level and you're interested in what's happening in their lives, you know, you can also just glean a lot by how somebody's presenting themselves voice-wise. Like, do they sound you know a bit down? Do they sound excited to talk about something? So you want to see, you know, space for them to to get involved and to share their enthusiasm. It just gives a richness that, you know, most text-based forums have not provided in the past. You know, To the point where, you know, on Twitter, it's common for people saying, you know, I should have used a sarcasm tag because obviously what I said wasn't read properly. I think you just get a higher sort of bit rate or higher um, level of fidelity when you actually hear somebody's voice.
1: Let me uh, give you two uh, devil's advocate. Bit because you mentioned message boards, and then we'll close with one final uh, bullet point that you made on Twitter. But since you met- mentioned message boards, I mean the biggest case that people have been making is this is just a feature. Uh, it by evidence, by the fact that everybody in the world is copying it, this is the new stories or, or actually, again, message boards. Like it's table stakes. Like for thirty years, if you have a website somewhere on there, you throw out message boards, right? So, to what degree? Would you? What's your argument against the fact that, well, Clubhouse might have popularized it, but the, what, what's to say that they can win it if there is winning?
0: Yeah, so this idea like it's just a new social primitive and that it's going to be a feature that's going to be tacked on to any of this social network. And you know, that may well be right. Like, you know, I think it speaks to um, you know, the, the vision of the product team at Clubhouse that, um, that both Twitter and Reddit have scrambled to release products that compete with it. You know, I don't know that like I've seen the same energy around spaces or, or Reddit's and nascent product. I think the argument there is that, you know, yeah, anybody can do it, but to do it right is really a different thing, right? Like, you know, I can share photos on Twitter and I do share photos on Twitter, but you know, Instagram and Pinterest have both built much bigger businesses doing that. And even the idea that like there can only be one, Instagram and Pinterest are both social networks based around pictures, right? Like you can see how much space there is for both of those to coexist. They serve very different functions. They have very different kinds of audiences. And they're both, you know, like, you know Instagram's not independent anymore. But if, I'll, you know, if separated from Facebook in future antitrust, um, you know, uh, legislation, like I wouldn't be surprised that they both end up being multi billion dollar photo based social networks, right? And so I don't see a reason why, even if, you know, Twitter makes it easy for you to join a space. They're just not going to be iterating as quickly, I imagine, on you know, discovery tools around audio. They're not going to be iterating as quickly around monetization and the, the unique pathways that are available to you there. I think this is just something we've seen play out on tech over and over again, where it's like, yeah, you know, theoretically you can you can paste this in and Facebook has you know, done a great job of this, but you know, Snap still exists. Instagram, well, they're part of Facebook now, but like, you know, these these different products still exist and can carve out useful spaces.
1: Well, and the argument that I would make is, is for years, everyone was like, um, could there be someone that would be the grand unified message board for everything? And I'd argue to a large degree that's what Reddit has successfully done. So um, th- there's no reason why it can't. It's not like they killed all the other message boards in the world, but they're very successful. Um, the, the other big devil's advocate is sort of what you said it's a little bit discovery it's a little bit not everyone can do it it's this idea that you you serendipitously stumbled onto that plastic surgery room right but like one of the advantages and also one of the horrible things about the feed as a product is you scroll nothing interesting scroll nothing interesting scroll nothing like the the ability to swing and a miss is very quick versus you have to go into the room and uh, is, is there something good going on? Maybe there was something good going on 20 minutes ago, but you missed it. And like, you know, it's not, listen, uh, I talk and interview people for a living and it's not easy to get a lot of people to be interesting <laughs> on audio, right? So this idea that it has sort of a problem that is inherent in the form itself, which is it's hard to get to the good stuff or find the good stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think you've highlighted, you know, if I was gonna to point to one existential risk that I think Clubhouse and this format faces generally is that you really need to produce content, right? I think A16Z and you know, I don't know if it's actually their product, but you know, one of the things that A16Z has done well is started to create programming, right? So on Tuesday through Thursday nights, Mark Andreessen works with um, you know, uh, Catherine Boyle from General Catalyst, Eric Torenberg, and uh, Antonio Garcia Martinez. And they do a show where they're interviewing people, right? So I know every Tuesday through Thursday night, there's going to be a couple of hours of interesting conversation. You know, Mark and Ben do a regular show. You know, there are a bunch of people who um, have started to create rooms that happen on regular cadences. So I think this is something that Clubhouse is going to have to really figure out how to productize. And I think this is where the financial side of things will really come into play in a big way is like, you need to give people an incentive to produce content for this kind of platform, right? Like, I think you can imagine it, you know, YouTube prior to the creator program was a great place to find, you know, clips of old TV shows or interesting bits of media that didn't have a home elsewhere, but it wasn't until they really turned on revenue sharing that people invested in building brands there, invested in discovering kinds of content that would work on that platform. And you know now it's the most popular, you know, destination for people under 30 in terms of their, their media diet. So, I think there's a lot of skill. I think like you said, you know, it really what, you know, talking seems effortless and for most of us, you know, you can the baseline to participate is very low. The the baseline to do something that is actually worth listening to is quite high. I think people like you have, you know, spent huge parts of their career building and refining those skills. And I think people who have done that need to have ways of being rewarded. I think if you look at, you know, talk uh, radio, Going back to that, like they've also professionalized sort of the backend operation there, which I think is something Clubhouse is gonna have to do in terms of figuring out how do you screen calls or screen people to come up on stage so that you know they can get to their point quickly, that they have something cogent to add to the conversation, and then giving tools to people so that they can get them off of stage quickly, right? And, but I think that's as much art as it is technology. If you listen to good talk radio shows, people like yourself figure out how to elicit the best kinds of interaction from people. They know where and how to apply pressure to get the conversation back on track and it gears off and so it's really just a matter i think of rewarding creators so that they can you know, do this and be rewarded for the uh, the great skill they bring to bear you, you mentioned
1: the regularly, regularly scheduled programming and i've been saying that to people for months that i feel like that that is what it's going to evolve into um that you know there will be shows it's, it's tuesday night it's time for this sort of show that you know i've obliquely pitched um a16z on a you need a nightly news show at, every night at 6 30 like the, the old nightly news i could do that for you um but speaking of that your final point um is that you think that um a16z is smart they clearly are super motivated in this space and so no doubt they're not unaware of all of the obvious problems that we've been bringing up
0: yeah, just generally in life, like when I see people who have had tremendous success over long periods of time, and I disagree or I don't understand something that they're doing, like I tend to, you know, reflect back and say, what am I missing? Right. Like Mark Andreessen, Ben Horowitz are, you know, legends in the field for a reason. The firm that they built and the people they've attracted to it have a track record that is unparalleled in this industry, right? And so maybe they're wrong. Like they don't bat a thousand, right? They're notable misses in their portfolio. But by and large, they get things right. And I, you know, I can't think of too many examples where they've just led round after round, and they've moved this quickly, where things haven't actually panned out super well for them. So just given the benefit of the doubt, you know, I, you know give the benefit of the doubt to the person who sits upon a throne made of the skulls of their enemies, right? Like, it's really <laughs> just the, uh, the, the smart thing to do, um, you know, when persons have had great success over long periods.
1: Speaking of, I don't know if you can see it, but look, in the background there is the Mark Andreessen Time magazine thing where he's sitting on that throne with his shoes off from the Netscape IPO. So speaking yes. of sitting on thrones with the skulls of your enemies, um, Joseph, I, I thank you so much. Uh, is there anything you want to tell us about uh, where we should follow you? Anything you want to um, to tell people about?
0: Yeah. So I just want to say, I put in a plug for my employer, Founder Collective. We're a seed stage venture capital firm with offices in Boston, New York. We've invested in companies like Uber, Airtable, Cruise Automation. And if you're working on something disruptive along the lines of the next clubhouse in a wide variety of fields, we would love to chat to you. And you can find us at foundercollective.com or at fcollective on Twitter.
1: And Joseph is an excellent Twitter follow as well. So uh, look him up. I'll have the link to his account in the show notes. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And we will see. We will see what Ed has to say. Although it won't be a direct rebuttal because he won't hear what you have said, but uh, uh, we'll see what Ed has to say in retort. As I said, after the jump. Here now, we'll let startup communications guru Ed Zitron make the bear case. Whenever I need to do financial research for this show, for instance during tech earnings season, when I have to analyze how various companies' stocks have been performing. you on your way to financial success for comprehensive financial news and analysis visit the brand behind every great investor yahoo finance.com the number one financial destination yahoo finance.com that's yahoo finance.com with everybody fighting for attention how can your business stand out and connect with customers easy Right now, constant contact helping the small stand tall. Constantcontact.com. Your bear case, and then uh, that's it. So, honestly, what, need-
2: what I don't even know what the bull case could be for this. I have literally no idea what possible, other than just lying to yourself, I have no idea what can I, possible.
1: Can I make us officially recording and, and keep that? Yeah. Bit? yeah okay then we are officially recording sir um so okay let me i'm gonna say this i don't have an opinion on this so uh i'm gonna let you go and just give me your whole case and then i will try to give you some devil's advocate um at the end here but um you had a great piece that got picked up over the weekend that i'll link to in the show notes um and you ran down your, your shall we say uh Dubi- dubiosity, is that a word? Your, your concerns about Clubhouse. And um, so just start. And number one, what we were just saying offline, I think you even wrote it out that basically Clubhouse is like a live podcast that sucks.
2: Yes. So I think the thing that people don't understand is that talking is hard. The reason that people go on Twitter and say random stuff and they do threads and such is because you can sit and consider and actually execute a series of thoughts. And even then it sounds bad. Trust me, I know. So with Clubhouse, you are basically, as a listener, you have to be engaged from the beginning. Otherwise the conversation sucks. As a recorder, you basically have to be able to get an audience together all at once at one time and then said audience needs to be engaged and you need to be entertaining on a totally different continuum than you would in a podcast. In a podcast, you can kind of meander because someone is listening and they go, oh, I missed a bit. I'll go back to the beginning. I'll go here. With a live conversation, it's very hard to do. And being very frank here, this is no insult to anyone. Most people cannot do podcasts well or interviews well and clubhouse is fairly predicated on you being an interesting talker or or already having an insane audience and that's just the very basic thing about the medium
1: Because um, not everybody is a good moderator or a good interviewer, but then not everybody is a good interview subject or just a conversation partner. And so one of the things is, you know, I'm coming at this from the the lens of podcasting. There are something like 2 million podcasts out there or something, right? But no one's listening to them because no one should, right? No, (laughs) it's
2: like all content
1: if there was one podcast app and, and you went into it and you're like, you, you got flooded with, you know, these t- 2 million options and all of them were crap. Like it would make podcasting look like crap, but you don't, you get, you get introduced to podcasting by shows that are actually good.
2: But also you make a very good point, which is podcast discoverability sucks. Finding a good podcast that you will like is difficult. A podcast is a time commitment. A clubhouse room is a time-sensitive time commitment that... And I have yet to hear one clubhouse room that is actually entertaining. And every time I join one, it feels like it is some form of genericism about something. It's just meandering. Oh, yeah, well, you know, what's your favorite brand influencer that did this just... And I'm sure the devil's advocate there is, well, you haven't heard the right ones. That's not my job. That's Clubhouse's. Clubhouse should be entertaining me. I don't go on here. I shouldn't have to do the work to make your thing half interesting because most of the content on there sucks. It's also not viral. You can't share it. And the whole exclusivity thing, I think, is just it's very 2015. It's just no one's impressed, but also just it's a limited time trick. And also, the one major one I remember, the one major exclusivity play that actually worked was Mailbox, who so I think we were acquired by Dropbox. Mm-hmm. That was because that was a better way to do email. When you use that, you're like, wow, this is so much better. You get into Clubhouse and you're like, okay, so now what?
1: Explain Which what is you the mean by exclusivity thing. And, and, and So when they the did the
2: app. initial launch and it was custom fit so that people would go nuts about it in Silicon Valley... What they did was they made it so that only your mate's dog's uncle could invite you. And it was rare to get an invite and people paying hundred bucks for an invite and all this good stuff. And that worked at first to build some buzz. I think it got the Silicon Valley pathology victims involved. I think they were very jazzed. But as you open it up, it's just like... This like weirdly enough, most social networks that are good get better when you add more people. Mm. Clubhouse got significantly worse. Okay, that I mean that's a really powerful
1: one to me because and I listen, I've said many times, I know how elitist and and terrible this sounds, but in June when there were twenty five hundred people on there and we all knew each other it was fucking great. Right. Um, but, and, and this is not to say, well, you open the doors and let the hoi polloi in and then it sucks, but that is kind of true I, from day one. I was like, this is great. But I always realized cause it's not at scale yet. Once it scales,
2: how can I be, be honest? Great? I never had that experience. I never, dro- I got in quite early. I have a two letter, I have a two letter mm-hmm. username. Mm-hmm. Like I was in very early. And guess what? I tried it once. and I was like, this is dull. It's the same thing with conferences. It's people like go to conferences, they don't go just to watch and listen. They go to see people and network and such. Clubhouse has none of that. No virality, no sharing. If you hear something good on Clubhouse, you best remember it really well because you can't record it, well, I'm sure you can, but like not from the app. And it's just not fun. It's not, it's a mess and you join And it also is a feature, not a product. It's just not, it's barely a social network and it's barely a product. Twitter Spaces popped up overnight. Sure, it wasn't overnight, but they popped up overnight and they were the same. It was the same as Clubhouse, except I didn't have to go on Clubhouse, a net win for both sides, I'd say. And instead of having to create an audio social network, I had Twitter. Now, I still haven't used it much because voice is not that fun. It requires you to stop what you were doing. You can't read, like, you could read tweets while watching TV. You can't do really anything. I guess you could work with people talking in your ear, but then you're only half giving it your attention. And even then, it's just, if you miss something, it's like, oh, okay. Well, moving on. <laughs> that in terms of um because obviously then podcasts wouldn't be popular if you couldn't do things other things while listening but you can pause it and you no no that's true i i can answer i see what you're saying you can pause it and you can say oh i missed something and there are certain podcasts where it's fun you they these people are just fun to listen to and there's a conversation going on that's not something that happens on clubhouse because it doesn't make Sense like it just doesn't, it, it could, but it's just not. And that spontaneous conversations usually don't take place between people who are great at radio. And so, you've got this situation where if I'm listening, to was playing a game, which I've done many times. That is something where if I need to be engaged with the podcast, I probably can't play a game, which is fine. That's the medium, sure. But every bit of content I've seen on Clubhouse is like a very bad panel at a not great conference I don't want to be at.
1: So the thing that was the most obvious analogy to me is what's fun about going to a conference? Oh my God, I'm, you know, six feet away from a famous person that's on stage. Maybe they're saying something interesting. I'm, yeah. you know, I've traveled to uh, a city. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, it's sort of fun and exotic. And then, and then the the primary bar- part of it is the value of it is the connections that you make in the hallways and things like that. But yeah. clubhouse is only that, I'm in a room with a famous person, and um, but otherwise, the talks at conferences. I can't remember a conference nope. that like blew my mind and like changed my life or something like that. So once you lose, and I think that's what Clubhouse is losing right now, is like you know the, when I was in the room with Oprah the one time, or maybe Oprah has been on a couple of times. Like that was fun. But like Who cares? If, if Oprah popped up there now, I've done it a couple times. I talked to MC Hammer on there. Like, like once you've done that, like you don't get the returnability factor of just the fame doesn't translate. I don't
2: think also just talking to MC Hammer, I bad example because he follows like anyone on Twitter. But <laughs> say if Oprah popped into your mentions and said one thing because of how Twitter works. You'd be like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And here's a moment that happened. Talking to Oprah for five seconds and being like, what do you think of Gumbus, Dot Lee? like or oh, whatever whatever question you asked Oprah, she'll answer and then you move on. It will be the same as going to a conference and getting to pick up the mic and ask them, oh, this is more of a comment than a question, like that kind of thing. It isn't, it's not like Twitter because Twitter has that proximity to the person where you feel like you're talking to them, even if it's some abstraction there is still that continuum of having had that conversation you get a good laugh out of that talking to being frank here talking to like oprah or mc hammer on a clubhouse thing is much like saying oh yeah i'm at at a party once i guess and someone Mm -hmm. be like oh that's that's cool
1: so let me me, yeah let me use the twitter thing for another reason which is like i like that idea like if you know, when I first, before I, I met him, like, you know, the first time Noah Smith was like responding to tweets of mine, I was like, because, oh, my God, this is so great. I I, 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 pers- I I got in his brain. I said something smart yeah. to this incredible, smart guy. Um, and, and like, but Twitter is that. But then so I can follow Noah to see his smart things. I can follow Noah to try to have a conversation with him. But Noah, if I follow Noah on Twitter, he breaks news for me. He, yeah. You know, like if the, the converse would be like, so if Noah tweeted this morning, his latest newsletter, which I read this morning, it was great. I learned that by going to Twitter versus how would the, the, the inverse on Clubhouse where maybe tonight Noah goes on and says, I want to talk about the the, the Substack that I wrote this morning and maybe go into in depth, but that would be better as a podcast because then I don't have to be up at 9 uh, PM when he actually does the club. Yeah.
2: I don't, I don't want to have to tell my wife to take the baby so I can hear whoever it is doing whatever it, like, I just live conversations are not that fun. Podcasts are great because you can save them and choose them whenever, but even then the quality of a podcast is Difficult. Like it's the genuine making a quality, well edited, well distributed podcast takes effort and also it takes momentum. You need to do it like 40 times before you really have a good flow and good chemistry. And now you have to do that live every time, every single time. And you need to grow an audience and on top of that, it's just not social. It's just not a good social media. You can share a podcast. You can go, this is really funny. I would start here. This episode's running for this. but well, this is like, I heard a good conversation on Clubhouse, you should follow them so that if they speak again at a time that is convenient to you. And serendipitously, they say something amazing. And and, and it's awesome interesting them. and they're, and whatever time they choose, they're feeling good. They're feeling interested. Nothing happens in their life that's distracting them or making them upset. Great. You could maybe serendipitously possibly have an interesting thing you might hear. That's Clubhouse. That is is $4 billion.
1: This is what I said to to Joseph about that, too. It's like, you know, again, with Twitter, I can, you know, do the the slot machine, scroll, 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 and get, get something good for my two minutes of jumping in, you know. Um, because I, I sampled forty different things to get those two nuggets of gold, but you yeah. could you could stumble into the greatest clubhouse room of all time, except for the fact that you missed the nugget of gold ten minutes ago, and you would never know it. You know,
2: or you'd hear like three quarters of the nugget, and you're like, "Wait, what? what? Mm. That was great. What, what's that?" And they've moved on. Right, right. And the actual delivery mechanism for this content sucks. It is. It also is not fun hearing five people talk. You notice that most podcasts don't work like that mm, mm-hmm. and why Joe Rogan, I think I'm not a big fan of his personality wise, but as far as production goes, he has three, four, five. He could, I think he's done five guests. I'm not a regular listener, but notice how good his setup is and how carefully done it is. And also how many of these he's done. Also another great thing about clubhouse it's stuck in your phone. So you can't link your beautiful microphone sub, The whole thing that I've heard the Twitch comparison, oh, well Twitch grew and people weren't used to that medium. The thing about Twitch is that people can make a quality setup, but also you can watch them do two things. You can listen to them and like a good podcast, you're basically living a conversation with them and also watching them play a game, which is something people enjoy to do. I don't think that anyone needed more talk radio and I certainly didn't. Also talk radio is not doing great. I think, like the if if the argument is that Clubhouse will take over digital radio, just that is a one billion dollar revenue business, right, right. and that's not the le, entirety of not legacy, of di- not legacy digital, radio, but radio. digital radio, yes, specifically digital legacy radio. Even if it is a twenty billion dollar industry, you're telling me that Clubhouse is going to take is worth a like four billion? They're worth twenty. Like, what is the What is the killer app here? Because I do not see it. I don't see anything on Clubhouse that couldn't be done better somewhere else. And I've yet to have the wow moment. With Twitter, I had a few very early on where it was like, when it was early, there was the proximity to people. But even now, there is still the proximity to people. I've made friends with like, fairly famous people off of it just for fun. It's great. And you talk with them regularly. It's not like friendship, friendship, but there's something exciting about that. And also my friends are on there, but also I have work people who I can talk to on there. There is true functionality there that I can't do or see anywhere else. <laughs> I don't know, I don't what, know, it know what it is with this house. It definitely isn't a business. That's one well, okay, thing it isn't.
1: So that was that's the biggest one that we we've kind of danced around a bit. But this idea that it's a feature, it's it, uh, the analogy I used with Joseph was you know everybody has had uh, uh, message boards since the web became popular. Message boards yes. are table stake for any website you put up. Eventually, if you got enough of a community, put up message boards or whatever. Yes. Uh, essentially, what is Reddit and a couple other places? They became the the message board to rule all message boards. So you can do that; it is possible. Yes, but at the same time, how
2: is Clubhouse a message board, though?
1: But what I'm saying is is if 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 audio rooms become a feature like message boards that anyone can do, then what is the moat? Because you even say in the piece, and I've said before too, like it makes more sense for LinkedIn to do it. Yes, it, it makes more sense for I don't know um, the for. Uh, you know, some sort of ESPN to do it and then have live rooms around games and things like that. Yeah.
2: But also take a second because LinkedIn, it makes sense because Clubhouse is basically LinkedIn voice. It's terrible. It's truly awful. But there's so much MLM career bollocks. If you're on Clubhouse listening for career advice, you've got some advice that starts with stopping that. That's my best thing. But in all seriousness, LinkedIn makes sense. Verticalized audio makes sense, but it's also something that they could build out. Like Twitter doing it and Facebook doing it has proven that you can't build that out yourself. Or you could use Discord, which everyone uses, or you can use any of the innumerable ways of doing it. And also, my God, is there any greater nightmare than an AM talk radio style show, but there's a hundred people? Yeah, this is Bobby and the fort it's a trade Donovan McNabb. Like that is what that will be. And I'm actually shocked. as you you're right. That sports would actually fit this really well. Right. But I haven't seen much sports on that, but to your larger point there, if this was a thing that was like really excited for people, people really wanted this people would have done it on Ventrilo. They'd have been doing it on discord. They'd have been doing it on Twitch. They like, there are, Numerous ways in which this could have happened before. And when you remove the Silicon Valley from this, there's nothing. Mm. Because the people getting excited about Clubhouse are Silicon Valley people who talk to Silicon Valley people who talk about Silicon Valley things. The, you've had a few celebrities pop in and they go, Ooh, celebrities are here. But it's the A16Z uh, fart parade. They are on the march. They have got their celebrities and they've got their influences in. That's an unsustainable model. And also, this is a feature, not a product. I mean, it's the most obvious one. It's a bad social network. There's no virality. There's no network effects beyond the fact that when you go live, people could hear you, like go and see. But I should add, Twitter had that with Periscope. And I have exact, I'm on Twitter roughly 23 out of 24 hours a day. I have never clicked someone going live. Same with Instagram, no interest. And that was with video, which is way more interesting. With just audio, I get this and go, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, air tags, they're gonna be interesting. Like, that is just to do a really high quality show. And assuming that Clubhouse becomes almost entirely high quality audio, and at this point, you were describing Sirius XM, because that's what that is it's still not that interesting and it's still not a business what are the how are they going to monetize this you're going to add pre-roll mid-roll to a thing that is inherently spontaneous you're just going to have pop-ups you do pro subscriptions like what's well, that right. going to be the
1: argument is you know this is buying drinking the kool-aid of the creator economy and we're going to allow uh creators to monetize and things like that but um Slash tech meme and download the Zocdoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's z o c d o c. dot com slash techmeme. Zocdoc. dot com slash techmeme. Let me, let me give you a, one quick, a couple quick devil's advocates, because you mentioned sure. one of these in your piece, which is Twitch, because I'm old enough to remember when people are like, what is this Twitch? Who would watch people play video games? How will you monetize that? Absolutely. Which has been a great success story. That would be a sort of devil's advocate. But you actually address one of the reasons why, or several of the reasons why you think Twitch has succeeded and Clubhouse might
0: not.
2: Yeah, I think that Twitch, I was one of those people. I was like, why would I ever do this? And then I actually used it because I'm that much of a curmudgeon. That I'm just like, I don't like the idea and I'm not going to try it. I've set my opinion based on nothing. But in all seriousness, when I finally tried Twitch and I watched a group of friends of mine, uh, The Go-Off Kings, when they were starting slow, and it was magical. It was great. I got to watch people who I'd otherwise known on the podcast do gaming and be as funny as they were on the podcast but it was more chilled out on top of that twitch is interactive it's interesting you have a lot of, lot of different mediums to do things on funny audio things funny video things you have three four five video feeds in there it is a full production thing and sometimes went so big difference there as well is when the quality is shitty on twitch it can be charming you're like, oh, this is kind of funny. I quite like this. When the quality's bad on audio, it's uncomfortable. On top of that, I've tried Clubhouse and it I've tried it before it existed. It was called Bad Talk Radio. Drive on the Pennsylvania Turnpike at 3 a.m. You will find Clubhouse room style things on AM radio where people are just very angry at whatever Carson Wentz they're still mad about the Carson Wentz Street. I don't know. Like They pick a random sports thing. But I think that the medium is just not that fun. It's just not that good. It's not great. I, I think there is a lot of Emperor's New Clothes going on with it. I think that everyone is desperate. And I understand this instinct. We're all trying to be trailblazers here. We're all trying to see the future. I think everyone wanted this to be a big thing to the point that no one like a lot of people responded to my piece and were like, I've been afraid to say this. It's like, why? Who cares? Anyone, even if you're wrong and I've been dead wrong many times this week, let learn my life, it's fine, but also just if you try it and don't like it, who cares? Don't just you don't have to crap on it and huge news that other people read. I that's my job. But I think that people were desperate for this to work. But it isn't, it's not it's not a company, it's not a product, it's not barely a social network. It is really not an enjoyable experience. If you go on Clubhouse right now, you get the Doom question. The Doom question for any product is simple. It's what do I do now? If you have to, if that question is not like BAM, I've got an answer for that. Twitter had that at first. Twitter now less so. They took they guide you through it, sure. Clubhouse, though, I can't think of an endearing Thing for Clubhouse, you, you could start mass producing really high quality shows and you'd still have the time problem. And you'd basically be serious XM and I don't think we're going to be able to install Clubhouse in every new Ford.
1: Um, final devil's advocate is simply oh. that um, you know um, Paul and Rohan are smart, folks at A16z are smart. they obviously can see all these things. Um, they're raising money. I think what Joseph said was, when I see people raise that amount of money, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they see an angle that I can't see yet, that they're moving so fast that they're executing on an angle that they see. That once it becomes blazingly obvious to everyone, the, the play here is that they'll already be so far ahead. So just the sure. simple devil's advocate of they would have already thought through all of these holes that we're poking in it, and they have an answer to
2: some. so. So my peer who is on the be- on the bull side, you're telling me his argument was the emperor's clothes are actually beautiful, you just can't see them mm. because that is that is the argument there. Because so. Give them the benefit of the doubt, like they did with Theranos. I'm not saying this is Theranos level. I'm just saying that every VC, Andreessen included, has made bum plays. Clubhouse is unique because uh, my my conspiracy theory is that it, this is a an acquisition play. They're just building it up so they can sell it and then make it. good thing it's borderlining. I don't think it was incubated in Andreessen, but they took a, they took a lot of they put a lot through it early, but. I have sat, and you know what? I'm not a successful VC. Maybe there's something I don't know. But I've sat and really thought about what could they do with this that would make me excited to open the app. And the answer is, I cannot think of a single thing. Even if you put all my favorite podcasters on there all day long, I still would have trouble with it. I still wouldn't want it because I don't consume content live. Most, I would argue that Live content needs to be so endearing and so good that it needs to transcend just audio. Just audio is not that like Queen's Queensland Stone Age, my favorite band. If they were doing a live gig on Clubhouse, I might make the time. But there are also a bazillion other platforms that do that. There are so many others. I cannot think of what I think that this is being pumped up for a clear, quick acquisition. The fact that the user base is dropping so precipitously, I don't know, I don't think we mentioned this, but I, as of April 19th, there was a 68% month-over-month drop. That is what we call in the business, not good. That's not good. That's not, that ain't what we want here, folks. That also suggests that users are churning. And that they aren't telling their friends, you gotta try this. Sure, every 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 single successful thingy, every single successful product out there has grown with a small community of people who absolutely love it and radiate it outwards. Look at Discord, look at Dropbox, look at Twitch. Look at all these things. They've grown out of the of these communities that have gone and people are, and other people have gone, oh, I can see myself in this. I can see the use case. The problem with Clubhouse is it started big. It started saying that this was the future. And look, all, all these famous people are on it. And look, you want to get a piece of the pie, the famous pie? You want to eat the famous pie? You want to be famous? You want to be in with the famous and the popular people? The problem with that is it's very difficult to work backwards. It's very difficult to go. And sure, Twitter had, at first Twitter had some of that, but really Twitter was we're all dicking around, we're having fun on it. Like that was early Twitter, and it's grown into much larger dicking around and then some societal problems. Clubhouse at this point, and I should add, Monday, April 26th, Census Tower data says that it is 475 in free apps. Great job. But in all seriousness, why would people download this? What are people missing? When you go live on TikTok, you do a TikTok video. I saw the world's worst comparison. They're like, "Oh, well, Clubhouse isn't good. You don't think Clubhouse is good? Well, why isn't TikTok good? Because TikTok takes like 10, 20 seconds to do some crap. You can put in more, but you can consume TikTok and put stuff into TikTok fairly quickly. With Clubhouse, it's like, okay, I just got to sit here. I got to talk now. Do I join? I join and I... It's like being at a party and walking over to another conversation, which is, by the way, one of the most awkward things in the world. Why would you recreate that in my phone? I feel bad enough as it is already. But seriously, why would you like? What What is the impetus to down that? What are you missing out on? What magic is sitting in Clubhouse? And let's think huge here. The thing that they're building that we wouldn't know. Okay, so it's still audio, so it's extremely limited. It, my, in every Ford, if they were thinking of like a Sirius XM level partnership, that might cost the money they're raising. If they really wanted to go hog wild and take this out of iOS and just put it on in cars and such, maybe that's a growth avenue. But even then, wow, you've created Sirius XM. A business that has to spend so much on marketing because no one really listens to it also, um, I realize I'm going on here a bit, but most radio is consumed while in the car, like people people listen to radio because they can't listen to something else. It's just that there are so many reasons why i ca- I am even trying to be a true evangelist and like, oh, what could- think of the magic here and it's I can't think of it. There's no magic for me to grasp on to. there's nothing exciting about this and the fact that their rankings are just dying on their ass suggests that they're going to either have to completely redo the product or just sell which i think was the whole goal
1: well they missed their opportunity recently with
2: twitter for four billion dollars but i would not be surprised if that conversation was less serious than it was and that was spread deliberately but that's just that's just me being paranoid well, yes. Other people have had that thought as well. Um, yes, Ed. Ed, don't apologize
1: for going on and on. That's what I, I brought you on to do, and you did it eloquently as usual. There's two or three pull quotes that I could have done. Please um, tell us uh, tell us something good you want us to know about. Tell us where to find you, follow you, anything like that.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Ed E D Z I T R O N and my media relations firm Easy PR. .com, no hyphens or any of that. But yeah, you can also find me on Substack, .substack easy.substack.com. Another early, actually, can I finish with a point about Substack and Clubhouse? absolutely, absolutely. Because I have had this comparison brought to me by people who go, well, Andreessen's in both. Substack is a great example of a network effect that works. If you have five people you're monetizing, you can monetize 500 in much the same way. Substack as a platform is very easy to get into because it's WYSIWYG. Distribution is really easy. If you want people to sign up for it, give them your link. Substack does the thing it's meant to do, which is provide writing easily to people and help people monetize their audience and distribute to their audience incredibly well. And it's been like that since day one. It has always been that easy. They didn't have to fumble with the idea of how they'd make money. The whole Substack Pro program, that's a different conversation. But if anything, Substack is the antithesis of Clubhouse. Your voice is unique. It is inherently viral. Anyone can use it and get something out of it. For the most part, who can write? It is not something that is sensitive to your time. It is not something where you have to do a bunch of stuff to make it remotely doable. And it works. Like the pro the core product is something that there really isn't, there are there was MailChimp and stuff like that but they simplified it and honed it to this point that it works really well i don't know how you'd hone clubhouse because if you hone clubhouse anymore it's just going to be a radio show or a phone call
1: well yeah that's what i i've said before that i think they'll end up trying to do some form of regularly scheduled programming but
2: then like you said that that's just that uh, is, that that is literally radio, radio an right. industry an industry with massive revenue concerns
1: um ed thank you so much
2: My pleasure.